0: Hey guys, it's another episode of Happy Being Well, and we have an exciting guest for you. We have Dasanka today, and she's going to talk with us about, of course, our favorite topic, self-love. She's going to share with us her journey to self-love, her insights, her self-love strategies, and the benefits of self-love. And so she's actually a really interesting person, and I highly recommend you guys check out her Instagram handle, uh, which she will say. But you know, I'm sure maybe it's at Tag Dasanka, but you know, she'll tell us what her handle is, and she'll tell us what she does. But before we dive deep with Dasanka, this podcast is sponsored by HappyBeingWell.com, your online store for fashionable, comfortable. Yoga leggings, crystals, organic facial masks, organic soaps, organic crystals, sorry, organic candles, and much more self-care products uh, for your everyday needs and free shipping within the USA. Subscribe to Happy Being Well's email newsletter program for 10% off all products. And now we're going to move it on back to Dasamka. So Dasamka share with us like what do, what do you I know we discussed this previous and you you're doing a lot of exciting projects uh, you're an influencer you're doing PR marketing for the music industry you're also involved I believe in a, in a TV show so, so there's a lot so describe you know all the thing all the amazing things that you do. <laughs>
1: Yes, thank you for that. I am definitely a busybody and I'm all over the place, but it is so much fun. So I am an actress, singer, influencer. I model as well. I also own a music marketing and PR company, um, which is also a music consulting firm for independent artists. And I am head of growth at a startup called The Conversationalist. And we are currently producing a Gen Z talk show um, in New York City. So have my hands in a lot of things, um, but it's so, so fun. And it makes my day-to-day very interesting in the best way. That's exciting.
0: Um, So the Gen Z talk show sounds really interesting. So is it like, is, is it going to be on TV? Is it going to be, where is it going to be placed?
1: Yeah. So we have some things in the works, um, but you know, you can go to at the conversationalist on Instagram to keep updated with where you will be able to stream our talk show but we are um in the midst of filming our pilot right now um it's a gen z talk show um where young people are going to have conversations about very important things um and very controversial things as well from multiple points of view interesting i
0: you know what i really have to hand it over like the gen z i've interviewed as someone from the gen z generation Gigi robinson um, yes. And she had a lot of interesting things to share um, in terms of, you know, self-love and how the Gen Z is really, um, you know, having a different perspective, a much more evolved perspective in regards to, you know, how they're managing their social lives and such. Like, it's much more independent compared to, you know, I would say my generation um, and, you know, when I was a bit closer to an adolescent age or, you know, early 20s, late teens um, or even mid 20s, you know, it's much it was much more it's much more I would say much more evolved and, and independent and much more free. You guys I'm kind of jealous. I'm like, I kind of wish I'm part of your your generation, <laughs> you guys. Um, yeah. So anyways, we're going to we're going to pick your Gen Z brain now. So share Is with Share with us, you know, your journey to self love and like what self love means to you.
1: I think self love means celebrating my successes and making. Sure that every day I'm doing something that I'm passionate about. I feel like the only way that I'm able to balance everything that I'm doing is of course time management, but making sure that it's fulfilling me in some way and making sure that I'm super passionate about it. Um, and I think so as you know, me as a hustler, as someone who always likes to be busy, and I really do have trouble relaxing, I think looking back and Celebrating successes along the way, as opposed to only looking forward and only, you know, looking to the next goal and not giving myself credit of what I've accomplished thus far. Um, for me, that's a big form of self-love, and also something that I do struggle with every day, and I'm trying to navigate is, you know, figuring out to have, figuring out ways to have alone time and to relax and literally do nothing I have so much trouble sitting down and doing nothing even if it's on a plane or relaxing on vacation it's something that I struggle with but when I do find those moments and get to you know I allow myself to have those moments um, I feel like that's a really big part of my self-love journey as well
0: well yeah absolutely I mean I'm not surprised that you would have difficulty just chilling relaxing and not doing anything considering all of the things that you're doing like <laughs> you know I can't even remember all of them you know it's actress model PR marketing for the music industry producing a TV show and it's probably something I left out i not even sure oh influencer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, you no, know, that's amazing, though. I mean, but yes, we all we all need that downtime, to yeah. recharge, and de-stress, and gain clarity. And, you know, I struggle with this as well, like, to pull myself from stop doing work. I get so excited with these work projects, right? And you just kind of, like, just go, 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 because you just want to get things moving and, you know, rocking and rolling, right? There is a certain um, excitement around that right and so you I know I can speak for me but I just it gets me keep it just continues I just stay working or want to or I feel uh anxious if I stop working so I definitely I can relate to in that sense um then there's times when I'm like you know then I'll like work myself to exhaustion where you know then I have no choice but to relax right and then so I'm getting better at just pulling aside now, you know what? It's time to relax, chill, to recharge, gain clarity. Because not only in the sense of to avoid burnout and um, um, and then build up, you're building up stress too. Cause like, you know, when you're always work, 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 you're you are building up um, stress because you're in, a, you're in a state of like you're in a state of making quick decisions. You know, your mind is constantly thinking and working, um, so it's only natural you're going to have stress in the body because you're under pressure. So, you know, it's completely healthy to kind of take time to kind of de-stress, to kind of balance those stress levels out, um, and it just gives you better perspective on everything that you're doing, too, and not making decisions, you know, based on emotions as much, either. I think that pulling yourself out to give ourselves that time uh, prevents us from making decisions based on emotions because we're, as human beings, we're emotional creatures and we get to check ourselves to make sure that we're not leading with emotion, not making decisions based on emotion, right? Because emotion is so is, important.
1: It's illusionary. It's the land Brand. of <laughs> it's So important. And I love what you said about burnout. I think that's something that resonates with me a lot. Growing up, I was always a busybody. I've been doing professional theater since I was literally 5 and I started, you know, getting paid at like a very young age, so I was pushed into the workforce, but I'm so so grateful for it, but I had to learn at a very young age like when and how to give myself time for me. Um, And it's something that I I still struggle with and it's never going to be perfect. And with that came a lot of burnout Um, in school. You know, I wasn't in high school. I wasn't just in high school. I went to like a specialized arts high school. So I was in rehearsals till like midnight every night. I was auditioning outside, shooting films, TV, commercial, all of the above. Um, And so I had a very hectic school life. And then I went, you know, to college and ended up with my master's degree in um, music business. Uh, So during all of that and doing all of my outside activities, and even now I had experienced burnout a lot. And, you know, when COVID really hit the beginning of it, I was stuck at home. So I, I didn't have to go to an event. I didn't have to go to this or that. Um, I couldn't travel at all, so I was stuck at home, and I was just working, working, working. And I had to set boundaries for myself and be like, "Oh my gosh, I cannot work like all day, all night. I need to stop and be a human." Because I started experiencing burnout, um, and so I got really, really good at it, um, giving myself time to not work and to relax. And recently. Um, I did get burnt out like a few weeks ago and I was like, no, because I was being so good and hadn't got burnt out in a long time. And what happens when I get burnt out is I just start feeling sick and I just completely like get disconnected from everything and literally cannot physically or mentally work. And it took me like a couple days, like maybe like four days to like, I had to take it slow and really like get my footing again. And after that, I was like, Okay. That was a brain check for me. I'm like, I need to get back to what I was doing and be better about this because burnout messes up everything for me. And it frustrates me the most. I'm like, I need to take it slow and pace myself and not go full hundred percent. Cause if I do that all the time, I'm going to burn out. Um, so that was a wake up call to really take some more time for myself. So I completely relate to the burnout culture, especially since I'm a perfectionist to a degree, um, and I'm a very type a personality and I feel like that's the reason I'm able to do everything that I'm doing. Um, so I'm extra prone to getting burnt out. Um, but that was, that was a nice reminder for me.
0: Mm, Yeah, absolutely. I think everyone can relate to that. Um, yeah. So in moments when you, when you do hit the burn, you're burnt
1: out. What do you do to rehabilitate yourself? Yeah. I typically cry a little bit. Cause I'm like, why did I let myself get here? <laughs> and I'm like super frustrated. I feel like that's number one. Um, and then I just drink lots of water. Something that really helps me is like making sure I get a full night's rest and like going to bed extra early and, the best remedy, of course, like eating full meals, but the best remedy is going to the gym for me, honestly, because it, I go to the gym five days a week and I, of course, it's always nice to be in shape, but I really do it for my mental health, like truly. And I go, cause I can go into my class, like with an instructor for an hour and I'm forced to listen to this instructor and do what they tell me. And I'm exercising my mind and body and it releases all my anxiety, all stress or emotions that I had, and it clears my brain. And every time I leave the gym, I feel so refreshed and nude and just ready to chill. <laughs> um, and I have a fresh perspective on everything. So that really what brought it home for me and really got me through my last burnout was just going to the gym and being active, um, that's been like the most helpful thing ever. And I feel like I go to the gym five days a week, literally for that purpose, for my mental health. And I feel like it's a huge, huge, it plays a huge role in keeping me good (laughs) at all times. It's like therapy, but exercise.
0: Oh, absolutely. I always always equate going to the gym like medicine. It's like literally medicine because it really infuses you with, Everything you said, clarity, energy, it de-stresses you. It takes away that anxiety that we get when we feel anxious, you know, in our careers because there's so many things, so many exciting things to accomplish in our careers, you know, and projects to initiate and execute and, you know, and to experience the the results, the fruits of our labor, right? It's a very exciting thing. So it's very easy to kind of get addicted to work, (laughs) but with that- anxiety too you get anxious because you just oh I want to do this I oh I need to do that email oh I gotta I gotta sign for that I, right? I, I gotta do that I gotta make that phone call and then I gotta do this and I to do it. So and also to your 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 mind is in a state of it's working right because that involves thinking and yeah. so that's a part of the burnout. So we need to take time to just like not think and that's what exercise allows us to do too because we're exercising you're, you know, we're releasing endorphins. Um, it's totally like you're not in that state of, you're just totally focused and you're feeling like a sense of empowerment and you're not dwelling on the things that need to get done, um, you know. So, yeah, completely. And also, too, like for people that are, you know, I know we're kind of slowly getting out of the pandemic. But, um, you know, there's still people that are perhaps not going into, enclosed in areas. they're still working out at home, mainly, and some people actually, before, before COVID, would just work out at home. So yeah. you know, to make a space for yourself in your home, um, and like have that workout area, because this way you can associate, you know, our brain, our brains like to associate to certain things. So if we make a room and that's our workout room, the brain associates that to working out. So when you go into that room, you're more likely to work out because you you have that memory of working out. So, which goes with meditation as well. Yeah. Um, so working out is kind of like a form of meditation. It kind of helps you stop that overthinking, those in,
1: stopping those anxious thoughts as well. Yeah. Totally. I mean, when you know everything was closed, I was working out at home for like a year and a half and I just had my yoga mat and I literally did it in my bedroom Um, and I would do a workout um, or if I was feeling overwhelmed or stressed, I would take a yoga class on YouTube and it helped so much. And my stress and anxiety was so bad at one point, I didn't even realize it. I didn't even realize I had anxiety at one point and I had so many stomach issues and I had, you know, my doctor said, you know, your stomach produces like more acid than like the normal person. And I, I was internalizing all of my stress and anxiety on the outside. You would have no idea, but all of it was on the inside. And it caused me to like, never be hungry, like, like never be full. And it, I just, I had like it was just so horrible. I can't even explain it. I started developing anxiety, like on a plane, which I'd never had before. Cause I was on flights, you know, like at least every month. And it was just my body kind of telling me like, you're stressing yourself out so bad. And it's like, it started to damage my health. I had to go to my doctor. I was getting like bacteria tests in my stomach. I'm like, I literally am not hungry anymore. Cause I'm always, my stomach always hurts. And I didn't have an ulcer or anything, but it literally took my doctor to come up to me and tell me, you're just stressed out for me to be like, oh my God, like I've, this is literally from stress. Like I thought I had like all of these issues. And when I found that out, I took a step back. I'm like, well, I'm literally my own worst enemy. I'm literally doing this to myself. I need to stop. And so every time I started to internalize it and like tighten my body, I just took a deep breath and I was like, why, why did I just get stressed for that? Like I just internalized stress and I started recognizing when I was internalizing it and it was so crazy to me. And ever since I became conscious of that, I had no issues. I was on medication that I shouldn't have been on. um, And I became reliant on it because it would help me. And my friend's a nutritionist and was like, get off that. Like you're way too young to be taking this. She's like, you're literally, and she told me too. She's like, you're literally stressed. Just breathe. She's like, literally every time you feel that urge, that stress to like internalize everything, she's like, breathe, take a deep breath. And I did. And I was like, it was literally that easy. I was like, you're kidding me. I was like overthinking it the whole time. And so literally ever since my anxiety levels went so down I have no more stomach issues at all. It's like unbelievable. And it's like crazy that sometimes you just have to remind yourself, take a deep breath. It's fine. It's not the end of the world. (laughs) Like everything's good. And I had to have a doctor and a nutritionist tell me that to finally believe it myself, which is crazy. And I just remember being like, I'm literally so dumb. Like, how did I not just think to do that? But sometimes it takes a medical professional to... (laughs) tell you what's up but now I'm better than ever and it's crazy that just breathing and of course going to the gym and things like that but really to the core breathing was what got me through everything.
0: Wow, I, you know I've, I thanks for sharing that you know, like I you know I've never act like I mean I've, we all have experienced stress and I've experienced you know exhaustion and you know maybe headache like in the form of headaches but you know to, you know, to really see what stress can really do to you, like, um, you know, have stomach pains and then you get scared that it's a serious thing when it's not. It's just related yeah. to, you know, the stress in our body, our nervous system, it being so stressed out and it's just, you know, kind of, you know, strains our organs, right? And um, so thanks really for sharing that, you know, no, of course. it really kind of speaks to the importance of what happens or what can happen to us. When we're living in a prolonged state of stress, you know, um, and we're not taking the time to basically de-stress and yes, breath work is very powerful because we're breathing all the time. And when you're angry, you're going to, you're going to breathe a certain way, right? right. going, your adrenaline. And look at people who are smokers, you know, what are they doing? They're, you know, it gives them that, um, you know, sigh of relief, <laughs> right? Yeah. A certain way of breathing. And of course they're addicted to the nicotine, but when you, the act of smoking itself is changing the way they breathe. Um, so yeah. really like is really powerful. And I, and I can say too, like, I remember when I first heard about, I know I didn't really take it. You know, I really, I mean, I would hear about it, hear about it, but I guess because we do it every day, like we breathe every day, I think we don't really take it, um, we don't really understand on a real level that it is really powerful because I think we just take it for granted. I don't I don't think we just, because we're not used to thinking that way, you know, we're used to like living our day-to-day lives, you know, what needs to get done. Um, we can understand, you know, moving our body and that that's going to, because that's, something that we typically um we have to exert effort into working out and we realize once we work out we immediately feel the benefits of it and i think with breath, yeah. we're a very new concept and the fact that we breathe every day it just it kind of tricks us to thinking that oh okay whatever we're going to just like breathe a certain way and you know like, but once yeah once you start doing it um you start to really feel the difference and it's, it's yeah and i think it's, because Easy too. I think I think that's another thing that we don't really, you know, we all
1: really don't. It's like it's so helpful for like anxiety too. I mean, my stomach issues turned into like diagnosed like acid reflux, and it was horrible. It was like the worst thing ever, and it was crazy to me. I'm like, stress can literally change your whole body composition and like how your body operates. Like it is unbelievable how that energy can harm your body. In so many ways. And what's insane to me, but also totally understandable, is I'm on TikTok probably a little too much, but I see a lot of, you know, Gen Zers on TikTok, you know, joking about the fact that they're constantly having stomach issues, constantly in a state of nausea, constantly anxiety, constantly dizzy when they're out. And I'm like, that was me. And I feel like, Gen Z, especially because I'm on the older side of Gen Z, but especially younger Gen Z with all of the pressures of social media in school and, you know, a lot of them have their own businesses already, which is crazy. And also a lot of young Gen Z are really scared for our planet, for our world, for our government. And I think all of their stress within their own lives, as well as with the world that they're living in um combined together has caused them to have similar health issues as I've seen. I have only been able to connect with Gen Z on the symptoms that I was experiencing, which I think is really interesting um, to see how this generation is affected in a different way, even health wise. Um, but yeah, I just I think there's like a complete layer of added pressure onto Gen Z um, in every way. Uh, and I think that that has to do with it too. I mean, a big part of me was always feeling like I wasn't doing enough and that I could have been farther. I live in Los Angeles, so everyone's doing a million things. And it's so inspiring to be in a city where people are constantly pushing you to do more and more and more and more and live out your fullest potential. And then I travel to a state, say in the Midwest or somewhere else. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> whoa, I'm doing a ton. And then I just have to take a step back and be like, I'm 24. This is what I'm doing. This is crazy and not normal. I need to, I can calm down. (laughs) Um, But it it was just really interesting to see like how it was similar to the rest of Gen Z, how a lot of Gen Zers were feeling the same way. Um, And even mine ended up turning into health anxiety, which is crazy and so irrational, um, like feeling a pain and being like, oh my God, like I am having a heart attack. And it's like, no, you're not, stop. <laughs> um, but it's, it's really interesting because I've only been able to really find that in common with other Gen Zers. So I find it interesting how all the pressure of society and pressure that we're putting on ourselves is translating into similar health problems for um, some of our generation, but just an interesting observation. No, it it definitely is an interesting observation. Like, yeah,
0: I you know I don't really get to run into Gen, you know Gen Z. I'm I'm a millennial, and mm-hmm. so I'm either talking to other millennials or you know the, the older generation of, above us. And um, so it's such an I always forget, you know, what you guys are going through, and I don't because I just don't. because I'm not normally. I guess, you know, bumping into your generation for whatever reason. I think it's just part of, you know, just due to proximity of, I don't know, (laughs) but it's really refreshing because it's like, I can only imagine because when I was growing up, you know, I think, you know, when I was in um, high school, the 90s basically ended, and then we got over into the early 2000s when I was entering university, and it was really A different world. Like social media was not was you know, I would say by like 2007, social media was just like literally starting. Right? It wasn't like it wasn't expected. It was it was a completely different world, and um, and you know, it wasn't even typical that people you know at that time in our in our age category. Uh, we're starting businesses either. It was it was really kind of sort of traditional, like you know, you graduate university, you get that you know good job, and then you build up the ranks from there. Um, you know, and so and as the years progressed, social media became much more stronger, and it became a huge part of our lives. And I, I, yeah, I can only imagine what you now you guys are really in it. And so the pressure of kind of catch you know, keeping up with all the, everybody else that's also, you know, either everyone's, you know, building up their influencer, mm-hmm. um, you know, all that content that you have to generate um, and then people sharing their stories of the businesses they've built, plus they're also working, you know, it's, it's a lot. And, um, so it does send an expectation. I would say, you know, because you're like, well, I should be, I should be doing that too. I mean, look at all these people. Yeah. That, and then you're so you're gone this. I don't know. I guess you could just say hamster wheel, because you're constantly doing stuff from all angles to kind of, I don't know, keep up or what you think is expected. You know. So yeah. I Totally. I could totally. I can totally see that, and I can, but. I've not, you know, to the extent of stress. Um, what's that doing to your generation? Um, I can totally see that too. I don't think it's discussed a lot, though. In, in right, it's not really showcased on social media, and you know, we're still like
1: showing the pretty pictures and um, right. <laughs> and there, there are like some awesome creators that completely like dedicate their platforms to showing things like that. Um, and I love to, you know, hop on some podcasts to be vocal and vulnerable with people. Cause I know when people were doing that, oh my gosh, it helped me so much. I even remember talking to this, talking about stuff like this to friends and they were like, oh my gosh, I feel the same way. That happens to me too. And I'm like, really? And it was like the best moment ever. I'm like the feeling that you're not alone in something is literally the best thing and the most comforting thing ever and like having other people to lean on too and I think a big cause of like stress is for Gen Z is seeing how people can literally become like celebrities overnight and make so much money overnight like from social media because like now it is possible like like young people are seeing that you can literally be rich and sustain a career from posting videos online, you know, like on TikTok. And I think what I found from a lot of Gen Zers is that they are terrified of having a quote unquote boring and mundane life. Meaning you go to school You get married, you settle down, you get a house and you have kids and there's your life. And I've noticed that a lot of people, especially in Gen Z, are terrified of that. I know for me, that is my absolute worst nightmare. And I work every day to not, you know, be in that. Like, I want to do fun things, exciting things, like live out my dreams and crazy goals and try it out. And I think that a lot of people um, feel the same way. And I think that that's another added like level of stress. If they're like working, you know, a nine to five job that they really aren't loving and they're like, well, these people are posting videos online and literally making millions from doing a TikTok dance or whatever it may be. They're like, I want to be doing that because I love to do that. And I don't love what I'm doing now. And I'm making no money and I'm overworked and i think that's like a big part of the stress too is social media has developed an avenue and a possibility for young people to make a lot of money doing what they love to do and exercising their passions which i think is so interesting mhm mhm absolutely um totally yeah it's interesting
0: it's interesting what we're seeing in society too you know and then there's the people that you know after they leave their 9 to 5 they go home and devote all their time to building up their TikTok following for that example. Right. And they work really hard at it too, you know, cause, um, you know, it's, I don't know, I don't know what it is. What, I, I'm not on TikTok, I'm not a TikToker, but don't know the secret formula to it, but it seems like, you know, some people aren't really trying and then the others they've hit the mark. And, <laughs> and so they're making yeah. the dance and it's it's just interesting. It's really interesting um to see this social experiment that we're in right now with all of the variables you know social media being one of them yep. a ma- major actually major one of them social media is huge part of our lives um, you know if you think about it you know because we can turn the tv on now and we can just watch the youtube right that's social media right so it's it's really it's yeah it's it's really affected um so much of our psychology and you know we even view life like what you're saying now people are opening up to the possibilities of hey like i don't we don't have to live this traditional role of 9 to 5 you know graduate from university or college go to 9 to 5 get married have the kids and then that's just kind of it until the kids move out and then you kind of have more time with you and your spouse or then we see all these divorces and then, you know, so it's, yeah, you know, it's, you see all everything that's going on in society. And it's like, you know, I think with your generation, you're kind of looking at the previous generations and you're looking at, you know, the, um, the statistics and what you're seeing, experiencing around you. And you're like, well, you know, you know what is causing all those divorces what is causing all those people to have you know unfulfilled marriages and i think you hit the i think you hit the nail on the head when you said i want to experience life i want to do this i want to do that and i think when you when you exercise your freedom to experience more things like you are involved in a lot of projects like you were involved in the music industry you're involved in tv you're doing the acting and the modeling and then the, being an influencer so that really gives you a really wide perspective of life you're more enriched in your angles yeah. of thinking you have more flexibility in your thinking because you're exposed to um you know different modalities of art and d- you're being exposed to a lot of interesting different people as well and you're having interesting conversations that expand your mind so now you're realizing well I want to experience more of this because I want, and because in, in, during that process, you're also discovering yourself, like who truly is Dasanka when you're in these situations of pressure, what emerges out of you when you're in a, you know, when you travel to a new destination that you've never been to before, you know, what is your immediate reaction? Like that's how you discover yourself. So I think that this is what I like a love about your generation is that you guys are, um, having more independent and freedom of thought?
1: Mm -hmm. I think Gen Z is completely rebellious. I think they've seen, we've seen, you know, our older generations and we're like, why did this happen? What is the reason for this? Like, we're truly questioning everything. And I think it's exposing a lot um, in our world and in our society, whether it's mental health or body positivity like why you know don't we have mental health days why are we brushing mental health under the rug why are we making people going into work when they're sick or not mentally able to function you know things like that and also you know I I grew up hearing from everyone never talk to your friends about politics or religion because you won't have friends anymore (laughs) And just like, just those topics are off the table. And that was so incredibly toxic. Looking back, I'm like, that's so wrong. We should actually be encouraging everybody to talk about those things. Because what happens when we don't talk about them? Absolutely nothing. And I think it's so important to talk about politics to your friends, especially the ones who think the opposite than you, and figure out why they think the way that they think and how their unique lived experience has brought to believe what they believe so you can understand them on a human-to-human level like you can completely disagree with them but still respect their thoughts and opinions you know if they have a valid reasoning like completely understandable and respectable and that's you know everything that the conversationalist is um the startup that I work for um we're just inspiring younger generations to have those hard conversations and to really lean in to what it means to be gen z and to push back and to have conversations because without having these conversations our world will never be what we want it to be it will be in a constant state of division and we really want to work to unify the world and i think that's how we do it is through conversations and you know Talking about those quote unquote taboo topics and normalize them. Everyone should be talking about that. Um, So it's really cool to see really young people get involved um, in things like politics, even if obviously they don't know everything, asking questions, learning, soaking up information. I've seen people as young as 14 15 being involved in politics which is pretty unbelievable to me even i'm technically gen z i was not thinking about that when i was that young but there are kids stressed out about our environment and stressed out about the decisions that our political leaders are making and it's it's crazy cuz i always talk to people older than me and they're like oh my gosh like i just started like learning or caring you know but i think that's a big part of the stress too is like young kids are like, the people in power are not doing a good job. And I think that's, that's so wild to me, but it's, it's really cool to see our younger generation step up and get involved, um, do things that they're passionate about and fight for things that they believe in. Um, it's been really, really inspiring, um, even seeing people my age and younger doing that. And I think we're going to have a great future because of that. And I'm, I'm so excited to see like where everything goes and, where, what role Gen Z plays, you know, in the coming years.
0: Oh, me too, I, you know, well, you know, speaking, you know, having you on and Gigi Robinson on, um, you know, I'm quite impressed with your generation. You guys seem to be very forward thinking and I'm gonna say more insightful than my generation was when we were in our 20s. you know, and I but I think, too, I, you know, it, there might be reasons for it, too. You know, the our economic structure has changed where maybe it's kind of forced you guys to like, like, hey, like what's going on? We can't really rely on pensions anymore like our like our parents kind of did. Uh, you know, you work for a big corporation, you put in whatever, 20 to 30 years and you get that. Right. So whereas, you know, um, even my generation, like millennials, they've been jumping you know, from corporation to corporation, is becoming a norm. So, you know, um, I think too that plays a role in, um, you know, having much more flexible thinking and then jumping into that more entrepreneurial spirit as well. I think it's, I think it's, you know, just the realization that we really can't um, put all our eggs into that corporate job basket. Uh, I mean, some people can, but it's not. Um, as common as it used to be, I would say.
1: Right. Yeah. People, you know, I've, I've seen that Gen Z is fearful of corporate life, the nine to five. And I think that's what sparked a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of people to grow their businesses. Cause you know, one viral TikTok video for their business can, you know, catapult them into being a successful entrepreneur and growing a business, which is really cool and really crazy. Um, but I think, you know, it's been cool seeing Gen Z start businesses and hire other Gen Z um, and get to that place. But, you know, some people are really awesome in the corporate life as well. And I think that Gen Z is transforming what it means to work in a nine to five setting um, with their ideas and perspectives and I think a lot of corporate businesses are, you know, super open to that, like things like mental health days and um, kind of just like adapting to how um, this younger generation operates. Um, But I think it's in the best interest of corporate America to hire um, young people, because I think very much so, you know, if you're in the industry for 20 plus years, it's like, I would prefer to have someone fresh out of college <laughs> that has new ideas, that understands the current trends and how you can be successful today. Um, I, I feel like sometimes people who are, you know, have been doing things for a long time, super impressive. But the question is, are you evolving with the times or are you kind of stuck in your ways? And that kind of reflects completely in their company that they're building. Um, but I, I think it's really interesting to see Gen Z kind of change that stigma and norm um, in corporate America and you know starting and really, you know, fulfilling their dreams, which is kind of how people perceive America, is to, you know, you know, chase your dreams and achieve them. And I think that Gen Z is kind of defining that in their own way, which is really cool. So I'm just so excited to see what our quote unquote corporate America looks like in even five, 10, 20 years down the line. Mm-hmm. Me too, me too. And
0: I think that, you know, our current, you know, norm of corporate America, um, you know, there's been a lot of, unfortunately, there's a lot of toxicity, you know, around it. And um, for some of the reasons that you just stated, you know, that whole traditional, um, the traditional, mindset I would say even the way they try to motivate employees I think that with the new and upcoming generation um, I feel like the old ways to motivate and get productivity of workers is that fear-based you know motivation like pinging people against each other or you know having the fear of demotion or getting fired looming over your head to kind of you know because they're you know they're doing that to maybe to inspire more productivity out of you um, or something you know and it's very fear-based and I think that the new and I can speak to myself too I was never motivated with these negative fear-based um tactics I think it was completely toxic and it just spurred I mean obviously there are you know everyone's motivated differently um if there are people like that are that are motivated that way like if you show them like uh, you know there's a threat to their job or a threat to something they start to like move more right and you know unfortunately um but it is more empowering to be motivated you know moving towards achievement you know moving towards because when you do work when you do when you are committed to your job even if it's a job you you know you are growing you're learning new skill sets that you can take with you so it's not necessarily oh i'm overworking for this company i'm burning myself out and you know um no, you're, you're expanding too. So, you know, you if you push yourself, I mean, not, not to the extreme, of course, but you know what I'm saying? Like there are people out there that, you know, are not really, um, that are, I are looking for ways to avoid working hard in the, in their jobs. And they play these little, um, manipulative sabotage games. If they see anybody that is working harder, they may outshine them, unfortunately. And yeah. It's, you know, we're in a, but I would say for the most part, Gen Z does have a much more positive outlook towards how they see work and they really get that, you know, it is very advantageous to build their skill sets that -hmm. they actually take with them as opposed to seeing it in this like very, I don't know, just illogical way, in my opinion, to, to be working for corporate um, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting. And I definitely would see, you know, in the future corporate, you know, Gen Z having corporations, um, because Gen Z is going to start evolving into higher level leadership positions and starting to form successful mm-hmm. companies themselves. I definitely see much more flexibility in the office. 100%. You know? uh,
1: and I think like what you were saying, I mean, so real with executives or. Higher ups in different companies using fear tactics to get their teams to get to a place where they want them to be. I think that is beyond toxic. And I think that's abuse. And I think that is such an outdated thing. And I think it shows their failures as a manager and as a leader. And I think that they should 100% not be in the positions that they're in. And I think that isn't going to (laughs) be the future. The future is you know, with Gen Z being leaders, it's going to be the complete opposite. You know, it's going to be being extra conscious of people's mental health and, you know, always making sure that they're, you know, catering to each person uniquely um, to help get to them, get them to a certain place. I always feel if someone's performing poorly in a in a workplace or a job, you need to look at their manager because that's the person who is you know, potentially setting them up for success or setting them up to fail. Um, And so I think that we'll see, you know, companies skyrocket and companies being taken to the next level um, with younger generations running them. Um, I've even seen it already in the fashion world um, with, you know, companies like Louis Vuitton and, you know, high fashion houses who are collaborating with skate brands like Supreme and Dior collaborated with the skate brand Stussy and just seeing how they're taking the brands like these classic brands that have always been run by you know probably old you know very old white men and they're taking it and they're flipping it on its head and skyrocketing it to somewhere that we never thought we'd ever see and I just think that's the coolest thing and gen z hasn't even fully stepped into those roles yet so it's just going to be wild to see all of the industries and all of the companies that we know and love like transform into something bigger and better um because of these younger generations who are you know taking risks and jumping outside the box and you know not sticking to the step-by-step rules. I feel like a big part of Gen Z is, you know, we're questioning the rules. We're like, okay, these are the rules, but like, why are they in place? And a lot of the times people are like, that's just the way it is. And it's like, that is not a good enough reason for me. That doesn't make sense. Let's change it. So I think there's going to be a lot of that happening, Um, but I see it, you know, every day in my own life. And I think it's really cool. I think it's so important to challenge um, everything and take risks. I think that's the only way to get to a great place of success is to constantly do that. Oh, I
0: totally, I mean, yes, I totally agree. That's, I mean, risks is kind of the mandatory thing to do to, to get huge success. It's just, yeah. you know, a kind of a fact and calculated risks, you know, and having faith and, um, and yeah, these traditional ways of, you know, doing business, you um, you know, people have evolved, and I think that with the fear based tactics, I think that maybe the majority of people back in, you know, the 90s, 80s, and 70s, like, you know, obviously it, it was working, right? right. It product, to increase productivity because their HR always does these studies and such, right? And they go to these. So, but I think now it's completely outdated. I think, especially with Gen Z, you know, you guys have. You guys have. I'm going to say, much more flexible thinking. Um, I would say, um, than the previous generations. Just you know, just due to the uh, societal constructs that you know previous generations were living in that molded their thinking, right? And then you guys are coming up, and you guys are living in a completely different societal construct. Um, you guys are pretty much born with technology and such. So it's it's completely, yeah. So you're of course you guys are gonna be more innovative. And and with innovation does require flexible thinking. So I'm excited too. I'm excited to see what's up ahead, you know, and I'm excited for your projects and the the convert, is it conversationalist? Conversationalist, yeah yeah so I'm so it's probably gonna probably be streaming on Hulu and Netflix. we'll see <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's gonna be a success. Um so if people want to you know learn more about what you're doing, um, you know, or see you know what what brands you're collaborating with, or you know, just to what's your Instagram handle and what are other ways they can like, get in touch with you and learn more about you and your projects you got going
1: on? Yeah. So my Instagram and TikTok handles are the same. Um, it is my name, Desanka, D-E-S-A-N-K-A, followed by J. Um, my middle name's Julia. That's why. Um, so yeah, you can keep connected with me on those platforms. Those are my two most active platforms. You can also find me on Facebook and Twitter as well um, but feel free to you know dm me on instagram my dms are always open i love chatting with everyone and having conversations with people so yeah all right yeah
0: so yeah i highly check out uh dasanka's instagram page she's a great page she lives out in los angeles i used to live out in los angeles oh. uh, yeah out in west hollywood and um uh, beverly hills and so exciting. She's got a lot of great footage and a lot of great content on her um, Instagram page that uh, is inspiring and motivating. So follow Dasanka and, you know, DM her if you have any questions. All right, it was such a pleasure having you here today, Dasanka. And, um, you know, keep in touch. Well, I want to know what happens with the conversationalist. It sounds like an exciting TV show
1: yeah no. I'm so excited that was a
0: blast
1: thank you so much for having me yeah I
0: thanks for being on our show it was uh really refreshing I gotta have more gen z's on my show you guys are always such <laughs> so, yeah. always interesting conversations the most interesting is with the
1: gen z. <laughs> oh my gosh I love that yes I'm so looking forward to listening to upcoming gen z episodes
0: All right. We'll have a wonderful day out there in sunny Los Angeles and uh, we'll keep in touch. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye Bye, everybody. Sending love and light to everybody. Enjoy your day and love yourself.